God, I just want to thank you for bringing us into this place. I know it's not about this building, but it's about these group of people that have just gathered to bask in your presence. And God, I am so stoked about it. You know, it's like that feeling like right before you get on a roller coaster and you know it's going to be scary, but it's going to be so exciting. That's exactly how I want this place to feel. I want us to just admire you, soak up your presence, soak up your word and what you have given to us so freely, God. I'm so just pumped to just dive into your word, learn more about you. And tonight, I just want to pray for the hearts that are here tonight, even mine, God. I just want to think that we are just open and just leaving everything outside of these walls. Don't let us bring the world in. Let us just be focused on you because you are the thing that is most prevalent and most important in our lives, God. Thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Yeah, I just said a roller coaster to God, so we're going to get past that awkward moment. Okay. But you know, you're supposed to have real conversations, right? Yeah. Okay. So I have a funny story, okay, because you got to start with a funny story, right? Okay. So I was going through, I don't know if you have a Snapchat. I know these young cats got Snapchats, some of these young cats. But it tells you like a memory from a year ago. And so I saw that I had the little red dot that I had a memory. So I was like, okay, let me go check. So tomorrow will mark a year since the first time I spoke here at Simple Church, and I was like, yes. Probably haven't improved any, but yes. <laughs> they still let me come here, so it's totally cool. Um, so, but I want to tell you about some obsessions that I have. It's probably not good to have obsessions, but these are good obsessions, okay? And I guess, yeah, it's just an obsession, yeah, because I've never acted on it, and I'll tell you why. So, like, I'm obsessed with this idea of getting married, okay? And when I say getting married, I'm not, like, here getting married, okay? I mean, like, what the real kind of marriage is. Can anybody tell me what the real kind of marriage is? This is, like, real interactive, like I'm actually asking. Anybody tell me? No. Anybody? Somebody's got to know about the real marriage? Jesus and the church. Yes, yeah, somebody said it, right? Somebody said it? Okay. So that, that gets me real fired up because, you know, like, I mean, I do want to get married here on earth, you know, because I imagine, like, this beautiful church with a white steeple and stained glass windows, like, it's going to be fire, okay? And it's going to be, like, the longest ceremony ever because I'm going to soak it up. I'm one and done, bouquets, okay? One and done, okay? <laughs> Mom and daddy better be ready. But now I'm obsessed, like, with this idea of Jesus coming to get us. Like, I don't know about you, but I literally get chill bumps. You know what I'm saying? Like, my heart gets a little quivery, and I'm like, ha, am I having a heart attack? But... I don't know, like, have you ever thought about it? Like, and what gets me is like, we're sitting here and we're waiting on him to come and get us. You know, and like, normally I've even said this to Kenya at one point, and I'm pretty sure he's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> got that. Um, but like, you know, like when like people get married here on earth, it's like the man is waiting and then here comes the woman, you know, and she's the church and yeah, yeah. Okay, but like, to me, it's gonna be the opposite way around, right? Because Jesus is coming to get us. So he's gonna come down the aisle and I'm like, Sign me up, and I hope he's not walking slow like he's a four-year-old flower girl, man. Like, I need you, like, run into the altar, okay? But I just, I get so stoked about it. Okay, so that's, like, my first obsession, okay? Because I'm really excited. And plus, you guys will all be there, too. Okay, okay. okay. Um, so, but then, like, my second obsession is, like, you know, like, the woman that, like, poured all of her expensive perfume on her feet, on his feet, and washed it with his hair? Oh, man, I want to be that woman so bad, you know, like, some people don't like feet, but I'm like, if you give me Jesus' feet, I'll get past that thing. Like, I just, I, I just want, like, so bad to just be at his feet. And I bet his feet are not like our feet. Like, I bet they don't actually stink. But I bet they're really dirty because he went a lot of places, okay? 
that's like my two crazy obsessions. I'm like, let me get married to him and then just give me his feet. Because there's something so just like sacred about, I sound crazy. <laughs> okay, it's good, it's good. You can laugh now, it's okay, it's okay. But that's what I think about late at night. Okay, but what gets me real stoked is like, I can just be like that one that he's coming to, but then I can be that woman who chooses him, you know? Because like, God is choosing to use his son to come and get us. But then we turn around and go right back to him, and I'm like, man, I cannot wait. Yeah. So like, I'm totally okay with being single here on earth for the moment, at least right now. Yeah, I'm still in my prime. (laughs) Yeah. So, but yeah, ask me in two years if I'm happy being single, probably. Okay, but like, that is when I'm like so excited. Like, if there's a Facebook in heaven, like that's gonna be a non-complicated relationship. I'm gonna be married. I don't know about y'all, but I'm real stoked. Are y'all stoked? Yeah, I'm stoked. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, yes, I'm stoked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, you know, now that y'all know that I'm crazy, we can actually read. Woo! Yeah. Okay. So, but like, okay, no. Tonight we are talk- talking about how God chose us, because um, I feel like. Especially, I don't know, if this is a girl problem, yeah, okay, I know it's a girl problem, but I don't know if it's a boy problem. Um, so we have, like, this problem with, like, self-worth and self-confidence. Yeah, I was expecting somebody to say amen. It's okay. I just said it, okay. It's all right. But I have this problem, like, and, like, I'm supposed to, like, lead my young chicks. Okay, so I'm supposed to feel, like, confident and stuff. Yeah, I'm, like, scum of the earth, Okay. Like, I'm not confident about anything. And I actually had somebody tell me the other day, they were like, you don't really think a lot of yourself. And I'm like, you're right. No, I do not, okay? Because, <laughs> like, when I look at myself, I'm just, like, this lowly person in Jacksonville, Alabama. Like, what am I going to do, you know? So, like, we don't see ourselves as worth a whole lot, do we? But is that, guy, is that a guy problem? Yeah, okay, okay, thanks, Tony, thanks. Tony's getting the interactive message tonight, okay, okay? Because, like, I don't want to just be preaching to half of you, Okay. But, like, that's a problem, you know, because we don't see ourselves as valuable to anybody. And, like, I'm a person that constantly needs, like, validation. Like, please tell me I'm not annoying. I know I'm annoying you asking me. Please tell me I'm not annoying. You know, but we don't feel like we're worth a whole lot. Like, even on your best days, you know, like, sometimes, okay, this is going to sound really cocky, but just roll with me. Okay, so sometimes I like to list out the things I've done in my life. Like, okay, like, you've moved out of your parents' house. You're still out, four months out, yeah? Okay, um, you've got food on the table three times a day. You got a job, you go to church, and you got clothes. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But even then, I'm like, gosh, I'm not worth a whole lot. Like, you could choose somebody else, you know? But God, he chose me, and I'm like, wow. I'm going to say wow a whole lot this time. I'm so sorry, yeah. But I have this crazy, um, each semester I choose, like, this mantra for my semester at college because it's a, Rolling hot mess at Jack State. Um, we're, we're nine days away from the end of finals. Yes, yes. So um, I'm real stoked about that. But my mantra this semester has been, this degree will be so worth it. It will. I've taken some crazy classes this time. And I mean crazy. Like, if you know me, you know I want to be the president. Yeah, I took the American executive. Yeah, I'm not going to be the president. <laughs> Okay, good, good. Um, but no, like, this semester has been crazy. I took, like, 17 hours. Like I said, I moved out of my parents' house. So, like, it was, like, Rachel and then reality. Okay? I hit it like a 18-wheeler to a brick wall. So, but this degree will be so worth it because it's not just going to be a piece of paper for me. This is going to be, like, a stamp of I can keep going. Because I don't plan on getting my degree and, like, getting a job, okay, like a normal person. 
I chose this degree. I don't know if I've ever told y'all this. I chose political science. Um, I do want to be president. But I want to be president for a crazy reason. Yeah, because I feel like the gospel is not being reached even here in our own nation. So I feel like if I'm the president, you're going to know it's the gospel. Probably not going to get voted in. It's going to be fine. Somebody's going to listen to me. Y'all are listening to me. Somebody else is going to listen to me, right? So, but to me, I just keep saying this degree is so worth it. These late nights, so worth it. I just keep telling myself, every time I get a cup of coffee, it's worth it. You know? And it's crazy to me, like, when I think about God, he thought I was worth it. Like, he would have died even, like, he would have sent Jesus Christ just for me. But he didn't send me just, like, he didn't send him just for me. He sent him for all of us. Like, does that not just get you stoked? Yeah. And I'm just like, God, you love me that much? Like, I don't know about you, but, like, I don't know if I could ever send, like, my own son, you know? I don't have any kids, okay? But, like, he asked me, like, if I, would I give my cat up? Yeah, I don't think so, okay? Like, I'm sorry. I love y'all, but, like, I really love my cat and my new fish. But, like, I really have a problem with priorities. But, so, but he gave, like, his living only son for us. Like, you talk about worth. Man, he is seeing me not only as priceless, but as, like, paid in full. And I'm like, oh, wow, shook. Like, no man or no woman will ever love you that much. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. If you think that you can fill that void with a boyfriend or girlfriend, you're going to die single. Because I'm just telling you, they're going to fail you. Okay? Yeah. I just, somebody needed to hear that. Possibly it was me. Cause like I said, I'm here single. That's never going to fill the void. If you think food's going to fill it, no, the only thing that's going to fill is your thighs. So, yeah. We're just going to get past that right now. Because to God, you are worth way more than something meaningless like that. Now, I'm not saying, like, don't get married, okay? That's all another, okay, yeah, we're just going to get to it, okay? Okay, 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 but no, tonight, like I said, we are talking about um, how God sees this. And we're going to be in Ephesians 1. And this whole thing, like, if you think I'm crazy now, you're about to think me and Jesus are both crazy. So I, we are going to go through the whole thing, but just be patient with me. So we're going to start in chapter 1, verse 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. Man, like, he's, he's already called me out, like, in the second verse. I'm like, don't I want to be a faithful follower? Don't I want to be part of God's holy people? You best believe it, because Paul's writing to me. And I'm like, yes, I'm part of the church of Ephesus. Yes. But that's, that's how we want to be labeled, right? As faithful followers. Yeah? Y'all got to get more interactive with me. I know you've all worked, but like, I need some feedback. Okay. Okay. So on to number two. Um, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, are, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. 
So I think it's so cool. You know, we hear this thing like um, that we're God's children, you know? And like, I just feel like another word should be added into that. And it's God's adopted children. Because you know, like when you get adopted, like somebody had to choose you. I don't know if anybody in here is adopted. You don't have to like raise your hand or that one. But like, that's crazy, right? I mean, I know it's a process to get adopted. But it's like a whole, like a family chose to bring you in, right? And that's what God chose to do with us. I really never knew much about adoption. Um, I do have two friends that are adopted. And they're pretty neat, cool, cool cats, you know. Early enjoys talking to them. But um, during the summer sometimes, I go to Chaco Springs, and I do this camp called Camp Happy Days. And it's nothing but a camp for kids that are in DHR. And, so, and sometimes, like, um, they've already been adopted or they've just gotten put into the system. You never know. But, like, once you start in Camp Happy Days, you can always come back, even if you get adopted out of the system. So that was a real um, culture shock because these kids, like, their realm of love is not our realm of love. Okay, like some of them come from like drug abuse, sexual abuse. Sometimes it's just that like mom and daddy passed away and they're put into the system. But their realm of love is like not like our kind of love. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so different to them. Um, and I remember like we were walking one day. We it's this long track. I don't know if you've ever stayed like at adventure camp at Chaco Springs and then walked to the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, where you watch? You about to get steps. Okay, um, but we were walking one day and I was walking. I had this little girl's hand, of course, I was put with the older girls, and we were just walking, and she's talking to me, and she said, Miss Rachel, do you know why I was put into the system? And I was like, nah, because it's, you know, HIPAA privacy, you know, and she said, well, my mama did drugs, and I was like, okay, okay, all right, and so um, uh, I don't remember the conversation after that, because then it was like a God moment. I just had like a flashback to like summer camp, but um that's when I decided I was going to go into law. It was, when, it was like a couple of years ago. We were at Camp Happy Days. Because I thought, I'll be the last person to let somebody have another kid who's done drugs. I'll see the day when DHR comes to an end. When the foster care system is finally over. That is why I decided to go into to political science. Because I want to get my law degree. And so um, I now work for like one of the most amazing people ever. Um, but it is my job now to keep people with drugs off of the streets. And I don't even have a degree yet. And I'm like, thriving and surviving because of Jesus Christ, you know what I'm saying? But like, it's crazy. Because even though her family chose something else over her and loved something else over her, she had a family that put her on a pedestal. And when I say put her on a pedestal, they were there at camp before I was at camp, okay? And they had made her bed. They had brought photos. We were only there for like three days. They had hung up photos. Like, they were going to make sure she didn't miss a day of love. Even if they were not going to be there, she wasn't going to miss out. They wrote letters. Like I said, three days. They wrote letters, all kinds of stuff. I was like, golly, my mama is not writing me letters. But that doesn't make my love different. But it was just like, this whole series of adoption thing is wild, and our theme for that Camp Happy Days was adoption. Um, because, like I said, all these kids are from the DHR system. Most of them, you cannot say their names. You can't post any pictures, um, because a lot of them, it's like a secret that they're in the system. And so um, that was kind of hard to get used to, like, that these kids are practically on lockdown, you know. Um, but we talked about how God adopted us. And this word adopted is like, I think of just very simply chosen. 
can you like to be chosen by Jesus Christ? He's so perfect. Nothing is wrong with him. Not a thing. And yet he chooses me. And I'm like the most wretched person, okay? Like, I, I would hate to tell you all the things that I've done. And I wouldn't want anybody telling you what you've done. Because to us, we're all just filthy, right? We were brought into sin before we even entered into this world because of what Adam and Eve did. And that's crazy. They said, God, we still bring pleasure to him. Even through that, he still loves us. Okay, so continuing on. I know I just keep talking. Um, So we're in verse 6. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. Don't you love it when God just puts it out there for you? Yeah, because a lot of times he does it, right? He'll just be like, go do this, and you're like, I don't understand. But right here, he said, and this is the plan. So the next time you're curious about what's my plan, here we go, Ephesians chapter 1. He says, oh, I just lost my place. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. I so like simply put, you know, like I think a lot of times we try to like overthink what God's plan was for us. Like he just told you, right? We're supposed to be here, praise him and glorify him in everything that you do. I think that's so crazy because like especially in today's society, we think praise as in like musical praise, you know? And I know, like, especially since my time, like, here at Simple Church, I've kind of had my eyes open, um, that this isn't it. This is just, like, a twice a week, hour and a half meeting where we all kind of gather, and then we keep it going, you know? Like, it's not just here. Um, so talking back about a little bit of what I do with my life, uh, so like I said, I work with people that do drugs, okay? That really freaks people out, because I don't work with people that do drugs. I work... Um, as kind of like an assistant for, to help people get out of doing drugs. So um, it's been interesting to watch prisoners. Uh, I remember the first set of prisoners I saw, we were in court, this is actually my first day, we were in court and they just came in and they were like, what you imagine, like in orange, somewhere in stripes, and they have shackles around them. And you're just like, wow. And um, I don't do, like, misdemeanor court, which is, like, traffic court, but I do felons, which is you have a year or more sentence. So normally you're, um, you got drug charges, you are a murderer, you rape somebody, something along those lines. I know that seems pretty harsh. Yeah, imagine being Rachel Wallace, who's the naivest little person. Yeah, having to ask a judge, what does something mean? Yeah, you try being me. I'm so naive, okay? And so when I look at these people... It's like you're able to put a face to somebody. 
You know, because you can read about like a murder in the newspaper, but when you are looking them in the eye and you are prosecuting them, that's a whole nother ball game. And I'll, I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna about to sound crazy, but there has got to be something so freeing about being a prisoner. Follow me. They're seeing wide open. They're not hiding anything, are they? Everybody knows. You can look up who is in the jail right now. I did not know that until I started working there. But you can literally look up as an average individual who's in the jail and what they have been charged for. That is insane. But those people, they are so free. Now, of course, they're having to pay some pretty hefty earthly consequences, but their sin is out there. Our sins aren't out there, are they? I'm sure like today, um, we've at least probably lied, said something we shouldn't have, looked at somebody lustful, judged somebody, been angry, all a sin. But you're not in prison. You're not in shackles, are you? And they are. I know it seems crazy to think like they would be free, but they are. And um, it's so interesting to watch, like, how they go through this process of, like, when they get arrested. Because I see them from when they get arrested all the way till they're out. Um, so it's, it's very interesting to watch um, because a lot of people are repeat offenders, which is interesting um, because that's all they know. All they know is a life of sin. Um, and that's all that we know is a life of sin. But what makes us different is we can make the choice to not sin again. They also can and be saved by Jesus. So I think it's different when we come to know Christ. It's like we come out of prison, you know, of your sin and your past. And sometimes, you know, we get so like in this box of like, well, what they did to me was wrong. Like if you were the young girl that was raped, I should be the one having problems with trusting Christ. They clearly, that rapist also has a problem trusting Christ. They probably don't even know Christ. A lot of these times, these people that have done these horrible things get forgotten about. And I'm just like, you can't forget them because clearly they're trying to fill that void. And that's become something I'm so passionate about. Like, I don't like to just look at somebody and just say, you did something wrong. Yeah, sure, you did something wrong, but you're trying to feel something. What are you trying to feel? I don't get it. I know, like, um, and I'm not saying, like, when you become a Christian, it's easy because <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Um, when, like, I mean, I was only 12 years old when I accepted Christ, and it was in this little Baptist church in the middle of Lincoln. I don't even, I could not tell you where it's at because, like, on some back roads, you know. But, like, even then, it was free as a 12-year-old to be known by Christ. Like, he would send his only son just for me. For me, I was enough. And I'm just like, God, why do you think that? Like, you know I'm going to fail again tomorrow. I've already failed tomorrow, okay? Why would you do that? Why do you love me that much? But he says, I bring him pleasure. That's so deep. Like, nobody brings me pleasure like that. But he would choose to give his only son. And you know what? His son did it lovingly. I'm like, oh, man, that's what keeps me up at night. 
that God not only would choose me, but he raised his son just so that he would choose me too. And I think we have um, this problem of like looking at people like that. Um, we don't like to choose people for Christ. Like, let me just give you a quick example. Um, if you see somebody that doesn't dress the way you do or doesn't act the way you do or do the same things that you do, you're not going to choose them. Okay? But if they align with you and do what you do, dress like you do, eat what you do, you're going to be good. That's not how Jesus Christ and God had intended it. He didn't care. And that's evident through the disciples that he chose. They come from all different kinds of occupations. You've got a taxpayer who is probably embezzling quite a bit of money. Okay? You've got a couple of fishermen. I mean, you've got people from all walks of life, and God chose them. And he chooses you repeatedly. But then again, you also have this option. He gave you free will. Are you going to look back at him and say, I choose you? The gospel is so wild and so crazy, but yet so simple. That's all you have to do is you just have to choose him. He's already chosen you. But now he's going to give you the option. Are you going to love me like I love you? And that's, that's up to you. Um, to tell you a little bit more about myself, when I chose Christ, I thought it was pretty simple. I was just going to love Jesus, go to church. That was it. You know? Like I had my mansion. Everything was going to be good. Yeah, it's gotten way deeper than that. Um, I'm almost 10 years out from being saved, and I'm like, we're going to have a birthday party? Because <laughs> I've made it 10 years. Um, but being a Christian is like this crazy, wild ride. But then again, it's kind of peaceful, you know? It is kind of like a roller coaster. It's like I'm always trying to get to the top to peak with Jesus Christ, and it's just a smooth ride, you know? Um, I'm part of this ministry at campus, and it's called Engage, and it's, it's a pretty neat place. It gets me stoked. It makes Mondays a little bit better. Um, but we, uh, we have service, and in this past Monday, we were like, they always hype up service for some odd reason, but this week was so different. They wouldn't tell us what it was about. And like normally they'll tell you what the message is about so you can prepare. But they, they wouldn't tell us. And I'm like, why are you not telling me? Like, you can't dangle things like this. And so we get there, and it's a birthday party. We had six people go through baptism that night. I was like, God chose them, and then he turned around and chose him back. And I don't know, like, if you've ever gone to, like, watch six college-age people get dunked. Yeah, we were lit. There was balloons. It was, it was really good. And what is cool, they don't have a holy hot tub. They have a watering trough. <laughs> How awesome is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, ah. But for that moment, they were becoming part of the church, and now they are waiting with me for Jesus Christ to come and get them. And I'm like, oh, man. I just get so excited. <sighs> okay, yeah. I really have a problem about getting too hyped about it. But this is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. Like six people. And what was so cool was um, they would tell their stories. They would tell how they came to know Christ. They were so different. Some people had just grown up in church. Some people had endured the roughest childhood you could ever imagine. But they all had this common thing. They just wanted Jesus. And I know not everybody in this room is just like me, okay? Because if you are, may God bless you extremely. Okay, but... 
you're all so different. And some of you have been raised in church. Some of you probably, this is like your third time coming to Simple. And it's so not about being at Simple Church. It's so about just being part of the church. You know what I'm saying? And I so cannot wait to be with Jesus forever. I know that I'm with him. You know, I've got the Holy Spirit, but there will never be a quench to this hunger that I have to just be with him. And I imagine, you know, like there's this song I can only imagine, and it talks about what, it, what will we do when we get to heaven. Will we just bask in his presence? Will, will we be able to speak at all? I feel like I'm really actually quoting the song. I probably am. Um, but do you ever just think about it? Like what's it going to be like? It just gets me like real stoked, you know? Um, of course, I imagine myself washing his feet. I just, because I am that lowly woman off the street who just knows that he's close by and I got to have him. I don't care how much or how long, but I got to have him. And every day it's like that. I got to have him. It's like this crazy addiction, but not that bad kind of addiction. Like I just, I cannot get enough ever. And I'm like, when will I ever be satisfied? Never. I'll be satisfied when he comes back to get me. And that's enough to hold me over. And like, oh, well, almost well. Sometimes like I have these thoughts like, worship is so, I don't know what the word is, but like it's so routined, you know what I'm saying? And so like one day I asked, I was like, why don't we always look down when we pray? You know, like do you ever like feel yourself like bow your heads and pray? And I'm like, why don't we do that? I'm like, gosh, and I question all these things, like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? And I'm like, I have to know more. But, like, my thing in worship, there are these two things that I have developed in the past couple of times. I like to stand on my tiptoes like this because that helps me, what, think that I'm getting more of Jesus for some odd reason. That's not that much higher. And I do a lot of smiling, okay? Because, like, when I'm worshiping him, and I'm, like, I'm not talking about singing music because that's not all that worship is. But, like, when I'm driving in the car, like, I'm smiling so much. Like, do you get joy from just, like, thinking about Christ? That's it for you to answer. But I think it's crazy because Paul's riding to Ephesus, and he's like, God's chose you. He's willing to be with you, but now you have to make the choice. God didn't create us, these people that would just bow down and worship him. Mm -mm. He wanted real love. And he was so thoughtful. He even wrote us like this love letter that's like thousands of pages long. You know? Like, wow, that's so like third grade, I want it, you know? But now you have the option. Here at the end of the note, he's like, shake yes or no, you're going to be with me or not. And so tonight you get the option to say yes or no. And you don't have to do it here, but you need to do it fast. Because we don't know when he's coming. But I tell you what, I'll be the first one awake when he's here. Because I'm stoked. Um, before like, we conclude everything, but I do want to read um, Paul's prayer here at the end of Ephesians chapter 1. And I just want us to just listen to it. If you want to, you can close your eyes. Um, and just, let's just bask in his presence, and then we'll go a little bit further. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. 
This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. To read this prayer, and um, Paul writes a few more of these kind of prayers throughout um, Ephesians. But um, this is the kind of prayer that I have for a special group of people. Um, it'd probably have to be my small group. Yeah, they really get me fired up and they keep me up late at night, you know? Which are probably really freaked out right now, but it's totally okay. And then when I say like my small group, we'll include the boys too. They keep me up at night. Because you just, you just worry about them, you know? And I know I'm not like their mom or their dad or anything, but I pray that they would see God like I see God. And even more than I do, that they would choose him like I did. And so I want us to, that to be our mission is to show Christ's love and his worth through other people. I feel like we've lacked that, and I need to tell that to myself some. God chose me. I'm his daughter, and he's cool with that, and I'm cool with that too. And we're just rocking and rolling, you know? And so tonight, I hope that if you're not labeled as his son or daughter, you'll make that decision, because that's the only one that you can make with him. He's given you that choice. You don't have to say anything fancy. You don't have to come to this altar. It's just some steps with some carpet. You just do what you need to, because tonight you're already chosen by him. You're just going to make your choice. So I'm going to pray for us. We're going to worship some. And I just want you to just ponder on it. God thinks that you're valuable, and he just wants you to think the same of him. God, I'm so thankful to be in this place with you and to just have your Holy Spirit with us here, God. But God, tonight I am just starving for more of you. I can't get enough, and I hope that I'm not the only one that can't get enough here tonight. I can't believe that you would choose me, that you would choose this church and just love us and give us all the many blessings that you have. You've shown us everything. You've shown us your plan, and now we just have to go out and fulfill it. I pray that, God, that you would reveal to somebody that they are worth it to you. Your son was so worth it. Your love is so worth it. Your passion for us, it was all worth it. You created the whole universe, but yet you knew each of us before you created the whole thing. And tonight, I just want to bask in that. I just want us as a group of people to just look at you with awe and say thank you. But then again, I also want us, if we haven't chosen you, to look at you and say, I choose you too, God. You chose me, and I'm going to do the same for you. And tonight, I just hope that we can just worship and just bask in you. And don't let it leave this place. Don't let it just be this place. Because that, not, that is not what you told us to do. You told us to take it out. Worship doesn't end here. Praise doesn't end here. Your family doesn't end here. It goes for as far as the eye can see. And I hope tonight, God, we will run after you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.